Welcome back to Under Pressure, your favorite business building podcast for the pressure washing community. Today, we are very excited to have on Victoria Aran of Reciprocity 5, who is here to share uh, how you can use her service to help you focus on what you do best. One thing I'm thinking about having all that information, do is there any any type of business or any way a business is structured or operating they, that that's actually a good thing to to really qualify the customers by having so much information and knowing like all right if someone went through this path on this journey like if we took them down this path they're mm-hmm. really really interested is there any is would that be one of those businesses that's not in equilibrium that's that's above that you were saying would that exactly. be mm-hmm. yeah so I mean equilibrium or in insert surplus typically mostly in equilibrium like the higher level so if you're not the most expensive in the market but you're not but there's a lot of people that are charging less than you right like you're very competitive but you're not the cheapest that is somebody who you do you you most likely have the budget to qualify people and you don't have the resources to just be going to anybody's house so that's kind of where we're at right now as far as what we do uh, instead of doing lead forms, we've kind of gotten away from that because we're going after more specific markets, but we do send them to a landing page, which obviously is going to increase our cost per lead. And then from there, we talk about the, the offer at the bottom of that. We talk about why they should care. We have a couple different forms so that as they're reading and scrolling and learning, they have different reasons or chances to opt in and give us their information. But there is a no way, shape or form any time where I think anybody should actually where I know we should be asking for their address um, or any sort of personal information before you actually talk to the customer. Because that is, uh, with this type of marketing, some people, they don't feel, they don't really feel comfortable necessarily putting their information in. And what we found is that when we actually asked them for their address or things like that up front, we actually had a lot a higher drop-off rate, like significantly high drop-off rate rather than just getting that low commitment in any sale, you want to go for the micro commitments and build it from there. Uh, and most people just didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're not looking for the service, so they don't want to get. You don't want their address being in somebody's thing. It's 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 so interesting. I'm not sure necessarily what the psychology is, other than like there's just more friction. But as you can see in these photos, there's a lot of before and after photos. Um, I always recommend if you're going to have before and after photos, make sure that you have the term before, after, maybe have your logos for branding purposes, uh, make it high contrast. So a tool that you can use is Canva. I like, have you heard of Canva before? Yes, I have actually. I love Canva. Yeah. (laughs) So good. This is a really good before and after. Can you talk about the high contrast actually? Because that's something that I've noticed. Um, A lot of people might not be so aware of because you see it in a lot of ads. Yeah, so, I mean, this this fit photo right here could probably be more contrasted, meaning you're seeing a dramatic change or you're you're actually changing the, like, color radiant thing so that it's more contrast, so it stands out when you're scrolling down the feed. There's more colors, there's more saturation. It's just high contrast. You can see the difference. So this is a really good before and after photo because you can see the huge difference and we'd probably want to contrast this a bit more uh here but carousels work really well for before and after photos so that would be like this one right here is a carousel Mm -hmm. ad and what you do is put a before and then an after like this is not 
I don't really, I need to see if I can click on this ad. This one right here I don't really like because it's not, you can't see the full effect and you're yeah. taking up a lot of real estate when you could have a, a full before and after photo right next to each other. Um, More drastic difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to try to fit three photos into one like they did here. That's a that's a no-no. Um, so j j just because I have uh, dealt with this before with, with issues with contrast and stuff like that, keep in mind, audience members, that the device you're looking uh, at while you're posting these might have different brightness or settings than than the people looking at your ad. So how do you recommend that someone uh, make sure that the contrast is right? Should they should they look at it at multiple devices with different brightnesses? How would you recommend the best way to get that is? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I don't know how to necessarily answer that because my phone is always on like yellow bright, like really low yellow light and so i feel like half the stuff i see is like not how it's supposed to look just yeah, because yeah. i i don't like the blue light as much uh but there's really no wrong or right way to do it you just need to make sure that you can clearly it's a high quality photo that it's not blurry uh like this photo here you can see that it's a little blurry up here and it's not really edited much i i would say that this could be a lot higher contrasted but this one it is very clear uh the difference and yeah. so and you can see the full and the frames the same right so. in text contrast with text as well a lot of the times um i feel like you can't see words on on over pictures because the color difference isn't enough do you see that a lot you can't see word of yeah yeah that does happen um and then then you get like weird things where the logo has like a white back to it and then yeah. it just looks kind of chunky. So like this one right here looks really good because you can see it. If that's the case, if you can't see the logo because it's, you know, there's a weird background, then just don't put the logo in. Um, and you just want to keep it nice, clean and simple. You don't actually need a logo in these images to be uh, to make people want to, to buy it. In fact, we don't put logos in most of our creatives and everything works fine. Well, because wouldn't that just take the attention away? Like your your logo is already there on the top left. Right. Now, like on a menu, right? The, the bottom middle there is where the eye draws to first. That's why you put your specialty dish as a restaurant right in that location, right? So exactly. why are you going to take away the attention from the amazing work you're showcasing here by just slapping your logo? People, everyone has a logo. Exactly. It's so true. It, it's like nobody, and nobody cares what your logo is at the end of the day. They want to see the results that you're promising them. Yeah, exactly. What's in it for me, right? Like that's that's the antenna you need to be thinking as far as speaking to your customer is what is in it for them. This is a perfect, this is a really good example of like a, a still image um, that is high contrast and you can also see the, the big difference. Like this is insane results here. Like great, yeah. great way oh, of yeah. doing this. But this one here, I can't even see what the, this is too much. Like I'm putting two photos of I can't even see the full difference here and it's just a lot I would this would not do well honestly on on Facebook or Instagram yeah so, so with that said I think I actually have here a couple of different uh, dimensions that we when you're starting off or you're building these yourself as far as creatives go these are what you can follow so if you're building an image on canva let's say you want it to be 1200 by 628 which is uh, in pixels but if you're doing it in terms of inches 
it's going to be like a 16 by 9 or a 9 by 16 image. This takes up a good amount of real estate on the uh, Instagram and Facebook page. There's a lot of other types of uh, sizes you can do too. Let me see if I can find one that we're currently running. Um, and I don't know if we talked about this and I missed it, but have you, what do you think about video versus uh, photo? Because I'm seeing both on there. Yeah, so either one work. Typically, we just do images because we found that uh, it's easier and it actually works just as well. Videos you can use if you are wanting to, you have a lot of material and you have a really good high quality video, but sometimes it's hard to find those really high quality videos and they're really not necessary. We do use videos, but a lot of the times you don't have to overthink it and you can just get as good as results from a still image, like a static image, just like this one, as you can from video. If you do use video, you want to use you want to make sure that you're using uh, the 16 by 9 or 9 by 16 dimensions. Um, and I think there's like a 4 by 5 dimension as well that that we've been testing has been working pretty well. But this is the one we ran for a long time and it worked pretty well. That's great. This is great information. <laughs> Everybody take I hope you have your pen and pencils out, right? Um, so campaign objective as you're building this out lead generation so in the beginning there's three there's really three different parts of any ad campaign there's the campaign level there's the ad set level and there's the ads level and the ad set level is the audience the ads are the copy and the creatives and the campaign objective or the campaign is the objective so you can tell facebook do i want to optimize for lead generation do i want to optimize for engagements clicks ranking reach all these different things uh, we always focus on lead generation because yeah. that's what we're looking to do. So what Facebook is going to do, well, this is actually some, this is, okay, now I'm really giving away like the secret sauce. So Facebook, <laughs> Facebook. If someone is, made it this deep in the podcast, they deserve it. That is so true. It's true. It's like if they're, if they're listening intently right now, like I hope, like get your pet, like here we go. We're going to go, we're going to go into it. So Facebook is very interesting in that they will find the type of people who are most likely to do the objective that you're asking. If you tell Facebook, look for the lead generation uh, people, they're going to find a whole bunch of people that typically opt in to lead form ads or people that typically click on those lead ads and then fill in their information. Awesome. But that audience is a lot different from what we actually do now. So if you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out what ad set to use, what creatives to use, and you have done no testing in your area, you want to make sure to keep it as simple as possible. Like do a lead generation ad, use a lead form, don't make it difficult. But if you have narrowed down the specific audiences that work really well, that and you've tested creatives and copy in your area, you know what works and what doesn't work, then from that point, you want to switch over to what we call a, uh, a conversion ad. And are you familiar with the conversion ad, what that looks like? I'm, I'm not sure if I am. Okay. I may, remind me. Okay. <laughs> what, just, get, just remind me really quick. So conversion ad is you're going to uh, click the conversion objective. And that's going to tell Facebook to find the people that typically click on conversion ads, which surprisingly are people with a little bit more money because these ads cost more and these people 
uh, are the ones that you get buying e-commerce products, buying books, resources, think, like they're the ones that actually buy, whereas the lead generation ones with the lead forms are typically uh, like, let's say your Uncle Bob who sits on the couch and is just scrolling and just kind of putting in his information. They're not too serious, so the, kind of shopping yeah. around. So we're talking about a conversion as a, a sale has happened here. So now I'm interested. Yeah. Is, is that different in the retail space versus that this home services space? Or it's still, you found it still effective? It's the same across the board. Okay. Yeah, and this is, for, this is for every industry across the board. If that's why conversion ads are a bit more expensive because you're not getting a lead, you're converting them onto a landing page. That's what that is. You're taking them off Facebook onto another, another source and then they're putting in their information. So it's higher intent and it's allowing these people to uh, let's say you're in equilibrium, you're a business that's like a maverick or a boss, you're actually going to get more qualified buyers or people that are more interested. So that. that's what's crazy about this is, is that you don't want to start off there, but you want to start off with the campaign objective being lead generation with lead form ads so that you can build up that data and you know what works and what doesn't because each area is different and you don't want to assume ever what's going to work and what is not going to work. And I love that you just highlighted that again, because anyone who's listened to this podcast for this long and this deep in here has <laughs> obviously come to realize what we were talking about at the beginning was true about there is no binary yes or no. There's no right answer because every market is different. Every business is different. Every everything is unique for each business in their in their area. So I'm sure you found that you can't just find a cookie cutter scenario that, that you can then apply to every one of your clients. You have to make this work for a specific person and business, right? Exactly, exactly. Like you can know what is typically what works across the board and start there, but don't don't weed out something just because you found that you've heard somebody say it works really well. For example, one time we had it where we were testing uh, audiences of 35 to 44, 45 to 65. We knew that worked, but we went into like a Utah market where most of the people are, there was a lot of younger populations in this one area. And because we were leaving out the 25 to 34 people, uh, we ended up missing a huge chunk of the market. So once we expanded the audience targeting, our cost per lead went down by like $15. Wow. But we didn't know that wow. unless we would have done broad targeting, which that's a whole other rabbit hole I can go into, but uh, it, long story short, Facebook has changed a lot the past year where because of the iOS 14, 15 updates, there is yeah. actually made it harder to market to smaller audiences and you want an audience of at least like two to 300,000 people in order for it to actually optimize and get results. Whereas before you could get an audience of close to 100,000 people and still get good good results. Wow. Which that's something that is pretty new on the space. Most people don't know that. And I, I see a lot of marketers still doing it kind of the old way, but Facebook and Instagram are always changing. The market is always fluctuating, but I am myself a marketing partner with Facebook, meaning we spent enough money to get access to the resources that you typically wouldn't. And so that's the only reason really that we really know that information. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of cool. And I love that, that you're able to thank you again. for. It's amazing that you came on this podcast to share all this. But that that's the thing is you can help all of these um, home service contractors really cut off a lot of the learning curve here. I mean, so th this is what we're saying. There's so much here that you have to learn and then for to figure out what fits your business that 
It makes sense. Call someone like Olivia or Victoria here. Call Victoria. Cut off the learning curve, and uh, you know, don't waste all your time when you could be doing jobs to to figure out how to do this right. I mean, there's so many resources out there. Uh, take advantage of them. Exactly. Well, it all comes down to well, thank you for that. And it all comes down to what do you value? Do you value your time? your money, like where do you want to put your resources into? Because the people who go the farthest don't do it alone. Yeah. So, and, and this is a huge rabbit hole that you can go down. You can watch, We I like to call the people that watch videos on this YouTube marketers. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah. Yeah. Because you just watch, they'll be like, okay, like I watch this video. I think I can get a lead here or there. Or they'll get you like, you know, uh, messenger leads where people are messaging you interested. And they'll be like, I got a two $5 cost per lead. And you're like, yeah, but that person's not going to convert because it was such a low intent <laughs> that it doesn't even matter what their cost per lead is. Um, which, by the way, right now, depending on what kind of ads you're running, you want to be aiming for anywhere between a like a $10 cost per lead and like a $50 cost per lead, just depending on if it's a conversion ad if it's a lead form ad, if it's lead form, most likely like 10 to 20 conversion ads going to be like 20 to 50 typically. Interesting. And so you had talked about the like time relevance of this and how, you know, with the, with the recent iOS update, a lot of things changed with Facebook ads and I'm sure Facebook's changing the algorithms and, and the rules all the time. So the information that that we're learning today on under pressure from you, Victoria, how long do you think that this will hold or, or is this constantly changing and you always have to be on top of it? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, well, most of the stuff I've shared today, I think it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future, maybe the next year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is all stuff that's, it's so new that most people don't know it. So I think it's going to be around here for a while. Typically, mm -hmm. I would say that the whole landscape changes uh, every like two or three years. And Facebook changes the UI or their user experience. Um, but this this is more of like foundation, foundational stuff that I feel is going to be around for a while. But don't quote me on this because you never really know. That's the hard part is like, we'll go into Facebook one day and we'll be like, oh my gosh, we don't even like the whole user experience is different <laughs> today. So we got to change our SOPs. Um, so what we'll have to do is have another episode with you, Victoria. Um, when this all does change, when you, when you log into Facebook one day and it's all changed, we're going to have to have you come back on and uh, talk about the updates. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to do that for all of my, uh, my friends and the, you know, groups of people that I, I help on a day to day basis with this kind of stuff. And I just tell them, you know, this is what you need to know. But for the most part, they just pay us to do the, the stuff that we do best. And they focus on what they do best, which is getting in front of customers, doing the work that they're good at and letting us kind of take care of the techie stuff that kind of bores them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a huge rabbit hole. Obviously, I could talk for days about this stuff you're seeing on the screen now. Um, should I even go into this? Let me see how many slides I have. Yeah, I, I would love if you could if you could uh, get into that for a minute. You can go as fast as you want through here. Okay. But 
just absolutely touching on this is so important because we I, we did talk in this podcast a little bit about the testing and yeah. I love what you had there with the different images and copy and how to test because that's just such a simple way to start off and I, I do want to reiterate that there are a lot of uh, uh, audience members here at Under Pressure who, who may just be starting out. One of our most common questions is how to actually start, not just scale uh, pressure washing business company. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be fantastic to, to talk about this so someone who's just starting would know okay. where to start. Got it. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing is that most people, when I actually, I, I got on, I think it was the Into the Flow podcast and I, I did an exercise and I found out that most people who are just starting or never run ads like this before, they didn't have their Facebook business page linked to a business manager account and Therefore, they couldn't run ads in like for their business like they could, but they weren't real ads, right? Because there's two different types of ads. You can go on like you can go on the Facebook like homepage. You can click on, okay, I want to run this ad and, you know, do a couple little things and then put an ad out there. But if you go into Facebook Business Manager, that's business.facebook.com and you type that into the search. You're going to go to a page where you have to log in. You have to create an account. This is called a business manager account. Once you're in business manager, you want to add your business page as an asset. It's really simple to do. Um, And I mean, it's very intuitive. You add your page. Once your page is added in there, then you can run ads for your business the real way. But a lot of people don't know that. Maybe their, their wife or their partner has the access to their actual business page. Um, or they just never created a business manager account in the first place. And Facebook has lots of resources on how you can do this, but all you're going to look up is how to add Facebook business page to business manager. You search that and they'll have a video for you on how to do that. So that's going to be the first thing. (laughs) The second thing is you want to kind of determine what your budget is. So if you're, if you know that one customer is worth uh, let's say uh, they spend $250 with your business on average and you only make a percentage of that. Um, and whatever, let's just say you profit from each customer right now in your business uh, $100, right? And everything else goes to the everything else you're paying for. Well, if that customer in one visit is worth $100 and you know on average that each of your customers are seeing you twice a year and on average they're seeing you with you for three years, well, that is $200 a year for three years, which is $600. So you know your customer is worth at least $600 to you. Now, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, which may be the way that you need to look at it in order for you to track the, the actual results of your campaign when you're investing into this type of marketing, then determining your budget should be pretty simple because typically people do anywhere between the 10, 15% of uh, revenue, like total yearly revenue, and that's how much they put into into marketing. Uh, but if you're looking at it in terms of how much is this customer gonna be worth, even if you're breaking even or close to breaking even with how much money you're actually making versus every dollar you make in initially, again, if, you're, if you know you have the model to re-engage that customer, then each and every time that you see that customer, that's just money in your pocket. That's where the real profit comes in. That's why I went over the value ladder in the first place. So typically when somebody's just starting out, you're looking anywhere, like 
for the depending on the type of results you want to see, we would be spending probably $10 a day uh, per ad set. So an ad set would be, let's say you have an audience of 35 to 44. Uh, that's the age group. And we're doing, uh, it's like 200,000 people and you're doing maybe just females and you're putting that in a little radius bubble and you're saying, I'm going to target this city, females, 35 to 44, and it's going to be 200,000 people. Well, I would put $10 a day and then you can increase or is uh, vertically from there uh, using the 20% rule. So every day or two, let's say every two days, increase that budget by 20% till you get to $20 a day per ad set. And then um, let's say that you have two ad sets. So you have 35 to 44, 45 to 65, and you want to spend $20 a day. I'm going to break that into 10 and 10. So 10 one ad set, 10 the other ad set, so that you're spending two, you're spending $20 in total and $10 is going towards each ad set. So again, starting off with $10, if you have two ad sets, then it's $5 per ad set, then increasing to 20. And then eventually, depending on your budget, I would say if you're like equilibrium, you can spend up to like 50 to $80 a day and that's gonna get you some really, really good results. Maybe you're gonna see um, anywhere between three to five bookings a week in the beginning and then uh, starting off let's say you're doing lead forms objective campaign low you know there's not a lot of friction uh anywhere between 10 to 20 dollars a day is still going to get you some pretty good results as well um and that again is you want to set that at the ad set level this is what we called ad set budget optimization there's also one called uh, campaign budget optimization which is something you can do after you've started testing and not if you're not started if you're just starting out you don't even want to look at uh, and this is where you set that budget at the at the ad set level. So you're building out the ad set. You're saying this is the the audience I want, and I want to spend five dollars a day in this ad set specifically. Um, so in this specific industry, that's what you're that's what you're looking at, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then, thank you for helping us understand. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then testing, really simple. Keep it two copy two creatives. So image one copy one. Image one copy two image two, copy one, image two, copy two. So you have two and two, and you're you're switching those out because if you test too many things at the same time, you're not gonna know what is being attributed, like what factors are attributing uh, to which ad. So let's say you have two ad sets, 35 to 44, 45 to 65, they're both women. Well, that's two tests right there. Now in both of those ad sets, I wanna have the same image and copies uh, in order to know what's working, what's not. Because if I test like five or six things in one ad set and six or seven new things in the other, well, I'm not gonna know if it was the ad set or if it was the image in the creative. So you wanna keep it very similar across ad sets when it comes to the actual ad level and the copy and the creatives you're using in that ad. So, and you don't wanna, you wanna spend at least a dollar per, per ad. So you don't wanna do it where you have uh, a $5 allocated, like a $5 uh, ad set budget, and you have five ads in there because mm -hmm. then each ad is getting like, it's going to be, well, I guess you technically could because it's still each getting a dollar, but you don't want to have like six ads with a $5 ad budget because then each one's getting less than a dollar. And that's like the, you don't, you, it's not going to, it's going to take forever to figure out what the re results are. The more money yeah. you spend, the faster you can figure out what's working, what's not. 
which honestly, I think you should spend more in the beginning to figure out what that is and, and fast track that curve. Some people will tell you differently, but I mean, that's the way that we do it. We've seen success. A lot of people I know have seen success with that. But that does come down to mindset. And, and if you're willing to spend a little bit of money on the front end to figure out what's going to work in the long run, <laughs> right? And you've said, hey, time is money. And, um, you know, we're all about business op optimization here. It's like we like to have people like you on these experts who can say, hey, yeah, you can do this, but let's take it to the next level to make it more efficient, run more lean. And that's the thing is if you can spend a little bit more on the front end to fast track it, and then you're where you need to be faster. And you're then working there and making it even more efficient. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's completely true. And like money loves speed. So the faster you could do something, the better off you're going to be. And the easier it'll be when you get to that point. Um, and then once you figure out, okay, I know copy one works really well. Copy and image two has been working and that combination works. Now I can use that as my baseline and I can actually test new things against that because you never want to just leave something once it's working and just let it run. I mean, you can if it's working well, but eventually that cost per lead is going to go up. And that's why you always have to be continuously testing that what's working against uh, something new. Uh, mm -hmm. What I recommend is doing like an image image to image like two static images to start then an image to a video then an image to a carousel because most likely one of those two is going to work and then whatever one's working you just test that against another type of creative um, when that cost per lead goes up which it eventually will because that that ad is going to fatigue your audience is going to see it over and over again uh, let's say that they see it a frequency of three times once it reaches a frequency of three that's when your cost per lead typically goes up then you want to scale back, change it, pivot to what's working, what's not. But at the end of the day, that ad set, looking at what ads are, are costing you the most money, all you have to do is just turn off the ads that are costing you the most turn and leave on the ads that are not, and then continue to test against what is already working. Mm -hmm. It seems, it seems weird because at first you're like, okay, like I think there's like a, a way that this is supposed to be done, but really, I mean, it's just looking at what's going to cost you the least amount of money at that time and, and what you've, spent money on already yeah and then from there you want to increase the budget turn them off split test like you said tried different things and never assume what is going to work and what's not going to work um as far as the metrics your click-through rate you want it to be at two percent or above so this is called the link click-through rate when you're setting up the columns in facebook you want to make sure that you if your click-through rate's higher than two percent that's good. If it's lower, that means you need to change the creative. It means that people aren't actually looking at your, they're not actually even stopping to, to scroll and they're not clicking on the ad itself or they're not even reading it. Uh, if your cost per click, right, is less than a dollar, then these are really simple metrics. You can go way deeper than this, but this is if you're just starting out again. Cost per click, if that's less than a dollar, then that means that you need to change your ad copy because people are not actually clicking through um, your your ad copy. They're not reading it. So that's your cost per click, less than a dollar. Um, you want it to be, oh, wait, let me think about that. Did I say less or more? You want your cost per click to be less than a dollar. Yeah, yeah, because um, then it gets expensive. And then you want to base everything off of a thousand impressions. So if you put an ad set up, you, you want to wait at least until the ad set gets a thousand impressions and be very patient before changing anything. I see a lot of people who are just starting out. They'll actually, um, they'll be, they'll 
they'll run an ad for like a day or two and then they won't see anything and then they'll just turn it off or change something. But that is not what you want to do. You want to be as patient as possible. Sometimes we'll even wait uh, a week or so. Let's say if something has like a 60 or $70 cost per le uh, lead, we'll actually wait with it at that time because all we need is one or two more people to bring that cost per lead down that need to opt in. So every 1,000 impressions is like the metric you want to wait for. And then once it's hit that, then you can start looking at, okay, can I start turning ads off? Can I start testing other things? What needs to be done here? Um, and then all together, all of the things that you typically want to look at when you're first starting out is going to be the camp, uh, the, the columns I like to set up are campaign name, delivery, ad set name, budget, reach, impressions, amount spent, clicks, cost per click, click through rate, cost per lead, and our CPL, total and cost, which is going to be your cost per lead. So that's going to be uh, your total cost per lead and then the cost those are the two little buttons that you choose. We have to take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor, Pair Payments, but we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason. But what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn? It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. And this is, it's so interesting to me because I, I do have a little bit of experience with, with Facebook ads. And um, I did like a training with, with one of the guys from Facebook. Uh, the ads ran me through all this stuff. And one of the things that I noticed is that like, there is so much you can, you can change and tweak. Um, is it ever too much? Is it, how, like in golf, they say, you know, you're, if you're thinking about too much, you're not going to be, you're going to like be too in your head and, and mess up. So this is the best advice I ever got was to think about three things. So for someone who's just starting out, who is like, oh my God, this is so much. I don't even know where to start. There's so much I can click or, or tweak. What are like the three biggest things to focus on? Like the three priorities here. What do you think? Yeah. Cost per lead, making sure that that's below, if you're doing lead forms, you want to keep that below $30. If you're doing conversion ads, you want to keep that below $100. Um, if you're, uh, then you're like your click through rate. So are people actually clicking through your ad and like looking to see more about it? And what is your cost per click? And is that less than a dollar? Those are really mm -hmm. the main metrics. Uh, if you, let's say you have a really high click through rate and a really high cost per lead, that means that people are clicking, they're interested, but there's something turning them off on the landing page where they're not opting in. If you have a low click-through rate and a high cost per lead, then that means that people are not even interested in what you have to offer in the first place. Like there's, it's the offer or it's, and then as far as like the, a lot of it comes down to the creative and there's like an actual like uh, list of weight, like um, a list of priorities on what you can what you want to update but the first thing is going to be like your creative like if you're creative if your cost per leads high or click-through rates high everything's costing you a lot of money just change your creative and that'll most likely give you that'll get you where you want to go um, and then and then 
from there you can determine okay if people are interested they're clicking through but they're not actually opting in and that tells you you can segment the landing page or the actual form and the biggest thing here is that you want everything to be uniform across the the board so you don't want to have it where there's information in your ad that's not in your landing page or there's not you know vice versa so obviously the landing page you want it to have a lot of information because you're clicking learn more but you don't want it to be two different offers. You want everything to be as simple and the same as possible because what's gonna happen is if you have an offer that's listed as like a package on the ad and they go to the landing page and it's listed as some, it's called something else, then people are gonna get this weird like bait and switch feeling or like they're gonna get yes. like skeptical and then they won't actually buy. Absolutely. So on the pair payment side for us, this is huge when we set up uh, payment pages for our, our customers, our clients. You, you have to have continuity, uh, even down to the colors, right? Like that bait and switch, switch thing is so true. People are going to get confused if the branding, the words, the package, the colors, it all has to match. There has to be the continuity between every step they're going through in the journey. Exactly. And a big part about this is like if you're doing a lead form like I have pulled up here, um, it the lead forms, they don't have like any branding or stuff, but all the wording we're using has been mentioned in the ad itself. So yep. continuity, and then on top of that, making sure that you're able to actually con can collect their information in a very simple way. So full name, email, phone number, you wanna have a privacy policy as well. Um, and then typically uh, you wanna have it where you're able to follow up with these leads as soon as possible. We recommend within 15 minutes or less of actually getting the lead and call it actually calling them and most of the time people are very busy and forgetful so maybe they won't pick up but we recommend calling them at least three times before giving up on a lead and we actually used to have our clients do this uh before where we've kind of taken over that se sector of things where we do the sales but and they do the uh and and they do the work on the, the systems and the, the fulfillment um but i have it here calling at least three times before giving up on a lead um, some will require more nurturing and won't initially convert, right? So if somebody doesn't convert now, they'll convert in the future. Asking really engaging questions, sending a selfie right away. So you can, if you have like an automated system, which we've set up already, we have a, um, we worked with software developers to kind of create something that is allowing us to follow up with these people with like 24 seven hands off virtual assistant basically. And every single time that somebody opts in, two or three minutes later, they're getting a text message that says, hey, this is the business owner picture. We actually put a selfie of the business owner so that the person feels like the actual business owner is texting them. And then we say, thank you so much for signing up. We start asking engaging questions. Uh, if they don't respond within the first hour, we'll send something two hours later, 24 hours later, 40 hours later, two hours later, you know, so there's a sequence of, of events that we found has worked well. Um, and then making sure to continue that and following up diligently for the first seven days, because if you're able to get them, did some within the first 15 minutes, your conversion rate is increased by like 10 times. Wow. Yeah. And the selfie thing I've heard has actually worked really well. So my friend, um, uh, Luis, Mar Luis Martinez, he owns a, I think it's squeaky clean is what it's called. I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Luis, if you're listening to this. 
uh, he actually told me that he used this method where he starts sending selfies when somebody would reach out to him to his customers and he said it, it did make a dramatic change in his business where he actually got to the home these customers felt a lot more personable they actually they felt like he was kind of a more of a celebrity they liked they liked speaking to him more they felt more comfortable because he had yeah. said it was a person and not just an automation so that's why we send that selfie and it's really cool if you can figure out a way to automate that as well and again, that's continuity. You're not just tech. It's not talking to a robot and then whoever shows up shows up at the job. That There's yeah. continuity. I love that. I love that. Exactly. This is what it looks like here. So it's like, this is the person I saw in the ad. Now I'm seeing that they're offering this thing to me. And here is a message from them. Uh, so we even have it to where we have all text message, phone, phone calls, emails, Facebook Messenger, all of that stuff in one conversations tab. So you don't have people reaching out from different locations. You don't have all these phone numbers. You don't have things being disorganized. And you can actually read and listen to all the texts, emails, and calls that are going in and out from your customers so you never miss a thing. That's great. Right? And and th this was really needed. You'd be amazed by how many people uh, really struggle with this. In fact, I sometimes forget it's one of the biggest selling points of our product where our clients, they, you know, um, one of, my long-term customers mentioned he's like hey like don't forget that that you guys have this it's super important mm -hmm. because it keeps everything in one area so that you can continue to nurture that relationship and build that foundation with the customer you have so you can see a history of what they've gone through so you can see all the notes that you need in order to serve them which this is missing the systems part uh for a lot of people when it comes to this type of marketing and that's why people th are throwing money away they're not being organized with the leads that are coming in. And so we actually have it to where we have like a separate pipeline for each and every person at that stage. But the big thing here, big pause here, is that you need a really good sales process. Like the problem is really the sales. It's not that the customer is, a, I mean, sure, there's not, there's some bad customers out there, people who are really actually just cheap and people who really do not are, are mean, they don't see your value. But most of the time, it's not their fault. It comes down to having a good sales process uh, and actually helping those per people understand the value you bring to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. This is something I'm really big on. This was the last piece of the puzzle that we realized we needed in order to make something like this work because we ran into that problem in 2020 where we're sending people leads and, you know, some of them are qualified, some of them aren't, but then our customers like this lead is, you know, they, they are just window shoppers. Like they are, they're not really interested. Um, and they would message them and say something like, Hey, like, please send us your address and we'll provide a free quote. And we're like, okay, like that's very direct. You're not building any rapport. You're not asking them any engaging questions um, such as, is this your first time getting the service done? When was the last time you had it done? Um, other than taking advantage of this offer, what motivated you to want to get this done now? How soon do you need this done by? Haven't, haven't heard from you. So I thought I'd share some of our past work and sending a link from your Facebook page. Have you tried doing this yourself before in the past? These are really good questions to get people to open up about why they need you, getting them to commit to the fact that they need you so you don't even have to sell them. You just give them the opportunity to sell themselves. Mm -hmm. 
That's that was weird. a huge part of what was missing. And once we started yeah. integrating that, that is when things really started changing for uh, the better. And we actually started to over deliver in terms of quality versus quantity. Um, but the four things as far as our sale process are keep it stupid simple. So you can use charts. You can uh, send them charts if they have a question about how you charge. Um, we don't do this as much as we used to before because we've gotten really good about setting expectations and kind of breaking down how to explain something to a customer. Uh, for example, everybody in this industry knows that for every 100 square feet, it's one window if you're doing just window cleaning. And then for, for pressure washing, house washing, typically they go off of square footage. But let's say you look up a house and it's 2,000 square feet. That means that house most likely has 20 windows, uh, but everybody counts panes and windows differently. So some people count it by the pane, some by the window. And what one person, if a customer tells you I have 20 windows, you have no idea really what that means. It could mean panes. So it, there has to be a real congruency between what they mean and what is actually there. So by getting the square footage, you'd be like, well, okay, so typically a 2,000 square foot house has 20 windows. Right. And we charge this much per window and a window is a double one double hung. If you have two windows on top of each other, two panes on top of each other that slide up and that way of explaining something puts it in their mind, a clear picture of an idea of what that's going to cost instead of asking them, hmm, how many panes do you think you have? Here's a chart like go figure like go do the math. And we tried doing that, it failed, and we we're like, okay, so obviously that's, it didn't fail, but it was very um, time consuming and difficult where we would lose the sale because we started overcomplicating things. So we wanna keep it stupid simple, be very yeah. clear, concise, and transparent, letting them know exactly why, if you do charge more for like storm windows or for screens or for track detailing or whatever the case may be, you have to let them know the reason, like once you get to the job, it's going to cost you more. So you have to make sure uh, if you do want those done, you let us know now or keep in mind that this is that it's going to require more effort and time. Therefore, that's going to be reflected in the price mm -hmm. that goes into setting strong expectations. And really, the real money is in the follow up. So you can't just call. You don't want to just weed out the people that didn't didn't book the first time around. Because if you follow up with them two or three times and they finally answer, we've had it where people, customers have called back our clients and been like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for calling me because I am just so busy and forgetful and I really, really just needed somebody to kind of put a bug in my ear. Thank you so much. A lot of people would just completely forget about me and thanking them, tipping them, all of that stuff. So this is the power of having really strong communication and being the only person the marketplace that they're reaching out to you and getting back to them really quickly. And I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm so, sure that that really stands out if you're in a market that that doesn't happen. Well, that's most marketing. Uh, I think that's the rest of my slides there, but uh, that's most of what marketing is these days is like, we want to save on time. So we, we trade our time for a fast bid we don't set expectations. We don't figure out what the need of the customer is. We're used to a short sales process, but when you're doing social media, the sales process has to be a lot longer. And some of the most common objections we hear are, I need to speak to my partner. Um, you know, I, I need to think about it. I'm not ready yet. Uh, these are what, you know, time, location, money object uh, objections. And we have scripts and trainings on how to handle each and every one of these. Um, 
that are so powerful that we've actually tested over and over again. And it's like, gosh, if everybody had these scripts, there would be, I mean, we'd have so many more squeegee bosses in the, in the space, right? Like we'd have so many more people, which we need bosses because who else is going to fix the work of the people who trade a low bid for a fast job, right? Like if you're just getting a job done fast and you're bidding like a dollar, like pennies to the dollar, sure, you're getting that job done, but you're not spending the time to actually get it done right. So there needs to be somebody to come fix that. And that does happen a lot in this industry and it's happening more and more especially with what happened this past year. A lot of people lost their jobs. People just kind of got into the space, not really knowing what they're doing, which is totally fine. And I get why they do it, but that's the reality of the situation. So that's why we need professionals in the space who say, I know that we have the qualifications, the certifications, all of those things to get this done right the first time. That's where the true value comes in. That's what we're selling. So we get, we've actually been able to handle objections where people are like, wait, wait, what am I doing here? Where people are like, this is too expensive. And we're like, well, what is that expensive compared to? Because Mm. at the end of the day, sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And what they don't know is, is that if they go the cheaper route, they're actually costing themselves more time and more money. If the job doesn't end up being done to their satisfaction does that make sense? And then they'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. So there's just so many like cool things that are so exciting. And I honestly should create like maybe like a cool little script or something that shows just a piece of it and like how to handle the most common ones. Cause we have them, they're just really long. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get a one pager. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the partner one is also very interesting. Um, the partner one is like, have you had any experience with sales? Jake or like yes. uh okay yes. like um in what like industry like if you don't mind me asking like how in what way in what capacity well in credit card processing actually or payment processing that is true that is true and do you ever get like any crazy objections that are like they're not they're more like smoke screens like they're not true maybe something like I have to go speak to my yes. partner or things like that yes yeah oh a lot of that Gotcha, and gotcha. One of the one, yeah, one of the biggest ones as well, which is changing because uh, it was not exactly on the up and up, and taxes weren't being paid, um, and then the softwares are cracking down on it. Was the objection of, oh, why can't I just use Venmo to accept uh, online payments? And you're now seeing why, because uh, they're they're they've gotten wise to it and now they're they're taxing businesses that are operating as personal accounts they are shutting them down so they can't release funds and uh so that was one of the the big objections for a couple of years ago was not not so much now because the the companies have said hey you can't do that and that was never legal and it was slipping through the cracks but one of the biggest objections was why wouldn't i just use venmo <laughs> mm, mm, a yeah. lot of smaller operators yeah Got it, got it, got it. So that that almost sounds more like it's almost like an inquiry, but it also could be an objection if they're like, if they really don't know why they can't just use Venmo, then I would, because there's objections and there's inquiries, that almost sounds like an inquiry. But if we were talking about an objection, it would be like something like that you, it's more of like they don't understand really what they're, what they're getting. So maybe that is the case. Like, for example, yeah. So we get a lot, I get what you're saying. We get a lot like, I have to talk to the person who handles my accounting or who handles my finances. 
Right, which sometimes is the case, but I like to handle that in the beginning. Be like, are you the one that typically, you know, makes these types of decisions? If you're on a sales call in the home industry, one thing that is just like a little quick little golden nugget here. Um, let's say that somebody comes to you and they say, okay, like, let me, let me talk to my partner about it and see what they think. Well, then I can just say something like, oh, well, uh, do they know that you're planning on getting this done or are we on a secret mission here? Because it's like, oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I, I, you know, they'll, they'll tell you what they're thinking. It's like, <laughs> and if they were here on this call right now, I'm just curious, like, what do you think that they would say? And <laughs> it's like, oh, well, then they're going to tell you exactly what they're thinking. Like, oh, you know, it's too expensive or it's just cheap. And then there's the actual thing that's bothering them. And it's like, okay, like, let's, how do we tackle, how do we tackle that? Uh, what is it expensive compared to? Have you ever done this before in the past? Like, what are you basing this off of? Because at the end of the day, it's probably not too expensive. They just don't know what the alternative is. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. But I feel like I shared a, a big bulk of like the foundations. And if I went mm -hmm. deeper into it, we'd have to like do a whole other podcast or something. Because there's a whole other side of it that has to do with like, like I could actually probably pull up a campaign, which I, I mean, I'm not going to do today just because I've been talking for yeah. so long, but like I, we could potentially do that or walk them through. Okay. Like how, here's how you actually build it out. Um, well, let's, let's do that. Let's do another episode. We can okay. absolutely do that and get yeah. into the specifics of that. Um, I do have to say, congratulations. This is the longest under pressure episode yet. Oh my gosh. I'm a, I'm a talker. That's what that's, that's what always ends up happening. I'm just like, I want so many people to know all of the details. So well, <laughs> thank and you. I really appreciate it. Victoria, I would have cut you off if I thought this was a waste of time. But okay. fortunately, you gave us so much great information. And <laughs> yes, what you said, like, this is a great foundation. And there is so much out there. There is no right answer. You have to go find out what works for you. There's so many different variables. I wanted to have Victoria on today to share this foundation with you give you a little bit of the base knowledge so that you know what to look for uh, as you start out and then when you need a, a marketing or sales partner like Reciprocity 5, what to look for in them. So I love what I had heard in Orlando uh, and then I actually spoke to Victoria personally, love what I heard from her in Reciprocity 5, so that's why I had to have her on here today. So I'm, I was excited to share all of your information but also to introduce the audience to you so that they know, hey, Reciprocity 5 knows what they're doing in this in this regard and um, they, they can look to you as as experts in this. So please, if you have any questions, reach out to Victoria. I'm gonna to have to have you tell everyone where to reach you, what your website is, all that. And then also, I'm very excited to say that Victoria actually has a special offer for the audience uh, of Under Pressure as well. So if you've made it this far, uh, we're two about two <laughs> hours into the recording. If, you, if you've made it this far, um, you, you're getting a reward at the end, which is at the end yes. of the rainbow. To this offer, <laughs> a golden. I love it. Yeah, thank you, Jake. Wow, you really framed that. I feel like I'm like on a like a, I have like a pedestal with like a like a mic, and I'm like, thank you everybody for having me, and I'm just so glad to be here. Um, thank you to my parents and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if you're at <laughs> if you're at this point in the podcast, chances are you have really been stuck just trying to find something that actually works, and you are just not being able to figure it out, whether that's you're trying to figure out, should I go residential, commercial, how do I streamline my systems processes, right? So um, what you can do 
is I'm basically opening it up to 20 people. <laughs> uh, the first 20 people that mention this podcast, right? And only the first 20 people. Uh, we actually will give you $6,000 off of your first, uh, you know, plan with us. So that's basically giving away our services. Um, and that is going to allow you to build that foundation of where you're at. So there's two different types of, of plans that you can go with. You can go with, uh, the first plan, which is going to be basically working with hand in hand with me. Um, and that's going to be one-on-one calls where we're actually setting up your branding, your uh, ads yourself, and that's going to pay for my team to just take care of all of that for you. So you don't have to deal with it. And then we just ask you that if you're okay with uh, paying for ad spend, we're not going to pay for it. We'll just have you handle it. Um, and that's kind of the intro level. So if you're like the first, per like you just starting out and you want to get started, we just started offering this a month or two ago. Like this is something very new. We used to never offer to get you get to that point where you're making six, seven figures and you're able to kind of ramp up from there right second offer is if you're somebody who you really want to get started and you already have that foundation in place and you just want somebody to do all the sales marketing you want us to just book those jobs for you find the people so that you're just showing up to a full calendar on autopilot and you're just going to the jobs we also do that that's the one we're offering six thousand dollars off of our original price just because our capacity has grown so much the past year we have so much more room to help so many more people. And I thought to myself, I really shouldn't be giving this all away, but there's no reason for me not to since we've already seen the success and we want to share that with everybody else in the industry. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to get it as well. So um, mention this, 20, uh, tw the first 20 people, uh, after that I'm cutting it off and you have three hours <laughs> after this podcast. I'm just kidding. That was Jake's <laughs> idea. You had three hours yes. to, to, to lock it in. Um, and if you guys do have, the last thing I'll say here is what the process usually looks like is if you do feel like this is something that could actually help you and that I could help you, um, typically I like to get on a 15, 20 minute call and we'll actually walk through what you have on Instagram, Facebook, and your website. We'll see if you have what it takes to be successful into uh, to what point, whether it's with us or just in general with your marketing plan. Um, and I'll give you the secret sauce into kind of what you need to do or what I see and the, that the level of success that you're most likely going to get with what you have already. Um, and then if it makes sense for us to move forward after that and we do feel like this would be a good fit, then we'll go down that direction. But I am offering free consultations, at least right now, for the next two or three months. I'm not probably not going to be doing it when it comes summertime. So how does someone reach you if someone wants to ask you about this or, or has any other questions? What's the best place to find you and, and reach you? Uh, you can type in, you can search me on Facebook. I do, you, I get all my messages there from most of my prospects. Uh, Victoria Sky Aaron, it's Victoria, like the queen, S-K-Y-E, uh, last name E-R-R-A-N or Aaron, whichever one you want to call, you know, Aaron, 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 depending on what you, <laughs> the pronunciation you want. Um, you can message me there and say, hey, Victoria, I watched this podcast with Under Pressure, and I was curious to see if I could get a free consultation. Just message me on there. Um, another way you can do it is I, I do have a link, a Calendly link. I'm not sure if I can share this here or not, but they can click on it, and they can actually schedule it right then and there and see what my availability is. Um, those are the two easiest ways, and my Calendly link is also on my Facebook page. So those are like the two things. Um, my email is victoria at reciprocity5.com, victoria at R-E-C-I-P-R-O-C-I-T-Y-5.com. Um, I don't check my emails anymore. I have somebody do it for me because the power of delegation is smart. 
but they always tell me if somebody does message me. So if you do email me directly asking for, you know, more information, then we can set up a time to, to do a quick call and I can go over all that with them. Wow. Thank you so much, Victoria. Uh, we, we really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, seriously, thank, thank you for, for giving away a lot of secrets here today, a lot of golden nuggets. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I know that the audience will appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions. So we're going yeah. to have to have you come back on to talk about some more specifics, maybe answer some questions yeah. and uh, hear about what's new. So th thank you. And we have a special guest over here. For those on audio, Victoria's <laughs> cat has joined us. This is Simba. <laughs> I know she's so cuddly. Hello, Simba. <laughs> Thank you for having right. me. I really, I really appreciate it. And I, I really do want to just help as many people as possible. There's no reason why anybody shouldn't be able to make a lot of money. Uh, this is an $8.2 billion industry. So. Yep, exactly. And that is why our interests align. That is why you're here today, along with sharing all this great information. So thank you so much, Victoria. Thank, thank you for you. the audience. My pleasure. Thank you to the audience for tuning in. Uh, this this episode is recorded at over two hours and five minutes, so I'm sure, I don't know how much we'll make it, but I'm sure probably about two hours and four or five minutes, something like that. So thank you for, for bearing with us. Thank you for listening to all this valuable information. Thank you for engaging on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere we are. Uh, you can find us under pressure PW podcast. Uh, please let me know, DM me with who you want to hear and what you want to hear from them. Um, I love getting uh, questions online of, hey, can I hear about this, this, or that? Yes, absolutely you can. Just let me know what you want to hear. Uh, we'd love to have more guests and more topics um, that come straight from our audience. So thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the bell so you won't miss our next episode. This episode was produced by Jake Aronson. This has been a Pair Payments production.